on Macquarie Radio NTS. This is What's Cooking with Nerida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine. And welcome to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. Very excited to be bringing you our radio show today from beautiful sunny Perth in Western Australia. And on today's show, we're getting, going to be chatting to Ollie Gould, who's the executive chef at the Shaw House Restaurant in Swanbourne. Also, Hadley Troy, who's the award-winning owner and chef at Restaurant Amuse. And Pete Manifest, who is a seafood ambassador and executive chef here in WA. Also, Blair Hill, who's a consultant and wine educator. Fascinating talking about Western Australian wines and answering your questions with Ian Curley from the European. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. And thanks for joining me on What's Cooking Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway and I'm in the beautiful town of Perth today. And in the studio with me, I've dragged in a fellow Melbourneian, Ollie Gould, who's the executive chef at the Shaw House restaurant. Now, Ollie used to be in uh, Melbourne at the Stoke House for quite a while. And um, I have always loved his food. I think he's just such a talented, truly talented chef. The flavours and things, you know. Although I've got to say, you're a bit lean. (laughs) Do you actually taste your food? I sure sure do. I think think it's a point of working too hard. I I put it down to that. (laughs) Because they say never trust a skinny chef. (laughs) It's a little bit, a little bit different these days. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. No, but you've got a, a, a. I think you've got a. I mean, every chef has their thing, but um, for me, your thing is um, your flavours. I, I just think your food is really tasty, mm. which sounds really obvious, but you know. I, I suppose as a chef, you'd hope it would be, but I, I think it. it um, I think the way I cook is more about. Uh, utilizing ingredients and, and and using them well and not really bastardizing them too much. So yes, yeah. I think if you can do that and it becomes actually quite habitual after a while, it's it's a it's an interesting thing to to do. So yeah. okay. So one of the things that Perth is known for or becoming known for in the eastern states is seafood. Mm. Do you find that it's better or worse or same or what do you think compared to the seafood available in Victoria, for example, or New South Wales? I think the quality is the same, um, but there's, I suppose, some unique uh, ingredients here that we can't get or you can't get in the eastern states. So obviously the, the obvious one being... Do you mean like different species of Different fish? species. So the obviously yeah. one, ob- obvious one being marin, um, which is, you know, beautiful Beautiful, beautiful freshwater little crayfish thing from down down south. So are they like yabbies? Yeah, I I, I think they're similar to yabbies in the, in the appearance. They're a lot larger. They grow to about 200 to 300 grams. So they're um, like a love child between a yabby and a lobster. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Somehow they met um, thousands of years yeah. ago and um, procreated down in Manjimup. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Love it. So, um, and what do you do with them when you get them? Do you put them um, in the freezer to put them to sleep kindly? Yeah, you you, you gently freeze them just so that they uh, die a more um, humane, na- humane uh, mm. death. Um, we at Shawhouse would use them in the Josper, so we split them and then just... What's a Josper mean? Josper's a big uh, Argentinian wood-fired grill. So oh. We'd split them and quick char in there, a little bit of butter, butter and a few... I've just become so excited. I've got a hot <laughs> flush. <laughs> Sounds so delicious. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah one of, one of the uh, one of the highlights of Shaw House. Probably wow. a third of the menu comes out of there, which is um, a nice, interesting. Gosh. Flavor point. And had you worked with a Josper before you came here? We had one downstairs at Stoke House years ago. Okay. Um, 
I hadn't done a lot with it, but mm. uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting tool to get used to. It uh, you know cooks at 400 or 500 degrees, so it's a bit of a beast. Yeah, um, you really need really need to understand uh, one what um, fuel to put in there, and yes. two how to sort of engage the the heat so that it's not too powerful. Sounds too hard. Mm. I'd be like, having a breakdown. It's too hard when it's 40 degrees outside. <laughs> oh, yes, genuinely. What do you do? Who's poor? Who's the poor sod that has to keep getting things in and out of it? Is that you? Uh, no, I, I thankfully managed to avoid that, but I, I stand close enough to it that it's uh, quite Gosh. severe. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Do you wear like little ice packs strapped around your belly? I've had that conversation, and I, I'm I'm jumping online in spring, so we have those ready for summer because it's it's extreme heat over here, and with that that Josper in the kitchen, it's. Uh, I can't it's, even imagine nice. it. So the place would be just air conditioned around the clock, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd just be yeah. going hell for leather. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, we have a um we have an open terrace, so mm. it you know the as much as many air conditioners as, as you can have. Um, there's never enough. So. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. Mm. And tell us about your other little place too. Um, we run a place called Beaufort Street Local, mm-hmm. um, previously Beaufort Street Merchant in Mount Lawley. Um, simplified version of Shawhouse, uh, I'd say. It's a you know cafe trade by day, restaurant by night. Nice little quirky bar and. Um, a little outdoor area at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you ship food over to it, or does it make does it make its own? No, it ma- makes it own makes okay. its own. So it functions by itself. It's right. you know twenty twenty minutes away from each other. Oh good. Um, and so and aside to that, there's a little gin bar called Enrique's School Ooh. for Bullfighting, which is uh, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> which an is awesome a, name. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, late night haunt. Okay, and go on, tell us what you've just put on the menu there. Well, for yourself, arriving in uh, in WA, I, I know I know you've always loved it. There's there's a nice little seasonal fish pie um, with, with your name on it. Okay, you know what? Just go there for lunch to what's it called again? Uh, Beaufort, Beaufort Local. Beaufort Local mm. in Mount Lawley and get an Ollie, what do you call it, Ollie Seafood Pie? It's called now the Bolo Fish Pie. I've oh, taken, I've taken my name off like it. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that because it is your pie and I think it's always been Ollie's pie. Mm, true. I think you just got to just do it. We, we, we'll, we'll play with the wording over Put your the next, name back uh, on it. next month or so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you don't want to, if you don't want to call it by its real name, you feel free to call it Ollie's Seafood Pie. Yep. <laughs> They'll know what you mean. Exactly. But it's really delicious. <laughs> and um, what am I going to see on the menu tonight? We're very excited about coming in and trying all the different things. Um, speaking of Manjimup, we have some. Uh, Rainbow trout, which uh, actually so where is Manjimup? Manjimup's two two and a half hours south of Perth. Okay. Um, well known for truffles. Uh, wow. Well known for Marin, particularly Blue Ridge Marin Farm. Gosh. Uh, they also supply a, a, a product which is rainbow trout, which actually live in the same ponds as the Marin. Um, the Marin feed off the waste of the uh, the rainbow trout, um, but the the, 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 <laughs> the flesh is deliciously clean. The, the, it's it's nice. Moist, succulent uh, meat. Okay. So, yeah. hmm. so I'd, I'd, I'd stick to that. And there's plenty of other uh, local WA produce there as well. Oh, how exciting. Can't wait to come in. All right. So if you're visiting Perth, which it sounds like everyone from the eastern states is on holidays here at the moment for school holidays, yeah. um, then, you know, make sure. And if you're a local, well, half your luck is all <laughs> I can say. Go and say hi to Ollie. He's a beautiful man and his food is Wonderful, and uh, go check out the Shaw House and also the Beaufort Street local in Mount Lawley. And um, yes, just love your experience to the maximum. Thanks, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Ollie. You're so welcome. nice to Thanks see you again. Me. 
You're listening to What's Cooking with Nerida Conway. And welcome back to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. We are recording our show today from beautiful sunny Perth, which is one of my favourite places in Australia. And I am a bit biased because I did used to live here. Um, But whilst I've been here, I have managed to drag in some of the best in the industry Australia-wide. And I'm very, very lucky to have uh, Hadley Troy sitting here with me from Restaurant Amuse or Amuse. What do you sort of – how do you call it? I've heard both. Yeah, well, either or really, but it's Amuse. Amuse. Okay. And how did you come up with that name? Um, I guess I've worked with a – a few classic French chefs, and it's just a sort of nod to them, but um, means to entertain, so yes. that's what we're... So you entertain, about. so you juggle and you sing? No, I'm pretty bad at that, but... Uh, <laughs> you just entertain with your beautiful food. We hope so. Yeah, now you look... It's fun, funny, because when you walked in here today, I've seen you before a dozen times at different award dinners and things that I've been at, but I've never actually met you, so I feel like, oh, hi, how are you? And you'd be like, mm, never seen you before in my life. <laughs> Um, now, you've been going for how long? Uh, nine years now. Okay, which is an amazing innings for any restaurant, Australia, like anyone that's a, a really good innings, but particularly Perth, given that, you know, fine dining, and I think back nine years ago, really it was the only one, wasn't it? You were sort of the first. Yeah, oh, there was, there was definitely a couple. and um, Not they, as good as yours, though. No. <laughs> we can say that, it's just us. <laughs> but... Uh, it was yeah, it was it was interesting. It was tough. Yeah, um, yeah. How did you change the the way that people thought about the dining experience to come along and give it a whirl? Um, I guess it was easy in the sense of um, where we are, mm. where the restaurant is. It's in the middle of nowhere. Okay, like, so explain it to our listeners <laughs> who have never been there before. Okay, so it's it's in East Perth, yes. but it's in the older part of East Perth, near okay. just near a park um, on a corner. It looks like a suburban house. Yep. Um, all those sort of things about it, which is not nothing sort of restaurant about it. Yeah, which is lovely and not intimidating in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope so. Hopefully, it's nicer when you get in and yeah. people are happy with that. But yeah. um. We had to turn it in and make it a destination. Yeah. Because we have no foot traffic or yes. anything like that. So. Which is a high risk strategy in a way for a new restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, yeah. But we didn't want to serve one course either. Okay. So we never had that sort of um, mentality. Yeah. Um, when you say we, you mean your partner? Yeah, my my wife Carol. Yeah. Okay. And is she a chef as well, or has she got a background in hospitality? No, she does front of house. Okay. So. And was that something she learned after she met you, or has she already had that background? Um. Yeah, we met. Um. When she was doing a degree, she was doing a degree in um, law. Yeah. Okay. And um, we met because obviously she had to work and. <laughs> she had to work and earn money. Yes. And and um so we met in the hospitality field. Okay. Um she finished her degree, went and did that for a little while, decided that wasn't for her, so yeah. she come back to hospital. Probably handy though now with your business. It could become getting a liquor license and things yes. like that. It become very handy. So <laughs> You know the right people. Yeah. Mm. Save us a lot of money. Yeah. And what's your how did you I guess what's your chefing journey been like? Um well, I guess I'm not I'm not a typical chef in the sense of um, I never always wanted to be a chef. Okay. Um, at all. Right. What uh, did you want to be? I Fighter want to be pilot. A, yeah, no. <laughs> a carpenter or a, ah, or a cabinet maker. Okay. And um, I did it as work experience. Yeah. And I, I didn't really enjoy it, which is I don't know. It's something that I always wanted to be, and I didn't enjoy it. So um, I wasn't really going to school. 
put it that way. Okay. I've found the beach and yeah, the yeah. rest of it. I think um, we all did, not didn't we? we yeah. I mean, that's the problem about living in Perth. I doubt anyone's fully educated because yeah, the beach is there. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah. So, I, so um, how did you become a chef? Well, I said, oh, well, I guess I'll give that a crack. Yeah. And that was it. And, did and, you like food, though? Like, Did you uh, like eating? I liked eating, but my mum... Mum's not the best cook. Okay. Let's put it that that <laughs> okay. way. It's like a sort of repent against family name. Yeah, right. Um, so you sort of know what you're gonna have, what day it was, by what what How was on the table funny. that day, yes. and all that sort of stuff. A bit like my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's spaghetti bolognese again. What? Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> funny story. I still love spaghetti bolognese. I do too. <laughs> but yeah. it's on my wet menu at least once, maybe twice a week. Yeah, that's not bad. Oh. My mum nuked hers though. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh. And it's it's such a different sort of flavour. When you cook, does she like your cooking though? Um, she says she likes it. Yeah. Whether she really likes it or not, it's sort of. <laughs> and are you expected to cook at family dues automatically now? Um, yes and no. They sort of give me a bit of a break now. Oh, good. So... Although it doesn't sound like you want one if your mum's going to step up and cook. Yeah, no, she doesn't step up, <laughs> so it's all right. You'd almost prefer to get a pizza. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and how about your wife? Does she cook? Um, no. Okay. So I Lucky made a mistake. Woman. No, I made a mistake years ago, probably like 18 years ago, where I thought I was doing the right thing, tried to give her advice, maybe do this, maybe do that. um, To end in a stabbing. Come home and have you got little children? No, got one on the way. One on the way? It's exciting. When's the baby born? End of August. Very soon. Yep. Okay, and so you're bringing home pickles and ice cream tubs and things like that? Yeah. (laughs) For you or for her? No. Are you feeling her pain? Um, you know how some partners are in tune and they feel their wife's... No, n- not no. me, not at all. <laughs> just just maybe verbally. Oh, and what about the hours? Are the you hours? still working a lot or are you able to, now that you've been so established and I guess the bookings come to you rather than... I mean, you are so hard to get into. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, we're, we're very fortunate. Okay, so now that we're friends, can I just make a call and get in or do we have to, like, join the yeah. six-week waiting list? <laughs> Of course you can. <laughs> you never know. Well, people oh. change. So it looks good on paper as yeah, such yeah. that you, you booked out for a certain period of time. Yes. But things change in that, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not organised enough to book six, eight weeks yeah, ahead. Yeah. So, um, yes. and, and people are the same. So Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some of the things that we can find in your, we'd have to be very quick, but in your um, degustation at the moment? Um, got a little veggie beetroot dish. It's probably my favourite dish. Yeah, that, I love beetroot. Um, yeah, that we just roast in coals and then um, glaze in fermented beetroot juice. Oh, um, yum. So make a little vinegar out of buckwheat and then we use the buckwheat, crisp it up, put it over the top. And yum. A ricotta we use um, that we make and hang and, and um, infuse it with freeze-dried blueberries. Oh, my good Lord. That sounds divine on its own. So oh, and are you doing it getting into all the truffle thing at the moment? Um, no. No. Next question. Okay, <laughs> then. <laughs> no, no truff, truffles are good. Um, truffles are good, and they're, they're amazing producers here. Mm. Um, for me, though, they're not the be or an end Okay. Right. I almost, I'm not sure we can be friends anymore now after that conversation. <laughs> no, look, I have loved having you in here. Thank you so much for coming in. Beautiful to meet you, Tony. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what? I keep wanting to call you Troy. Yeah, a lot of people do. Because Spandau Ballet. Oh, jeez. And that's Tony Hadley. But, you know, when you're an 80s girl like I am. 
<laughs> anyway, Hadley Troy from Restaurant Amuse, thank you so much for coming in. It's beautiful to meet you finally. You and too. congratulations on having such an amazing career. Thank you. You're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. Tasty. The latest local produce for you to enjoy. And welcome back to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio, NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. We are bringing the show to you today from, well, we're recording at 6pr in Perth, but it's Perth, and I'm so excited to be here. Um, in the studio with me now is Pete Manifris. Is that, am I pronouncing it correctly? Manifis, yep. Manifis. Close, Greek. Man- mm. Oh, Manifis, okay. Mm. Um, now, Pete is a seafood ambassador and also a chef. You have so many hats, I can't even keep up. Hmm. I like to uh, keep myself busy. They all tell me to slow down, but it's uh, it doesn't happen all that often. You, know, you, <laughs> okay. you, you sleep when you're dead, I say. Oh, I think the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Sleeping's boring. Mm-hmm. It's necessary but boring. I know. I, I probably shouldn't have been watching Game of Thrones last night at uh, oh. you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, but it was worth it. Everyone says that. I've seen all the Facebook comments mm-hmm. about it. I Can I tell you, I've never actually seen one episode of Game of Thrones. I'd never seen one all the way up till you know, last year, and then I watched all six ep- uh, six seasons in like two hours, or you know, a bit longer, a bit longer than that, but a yeah, couple of weeks, and yeah. and it was I was I was hooked. You know, Everyone so says that. yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Are you boys into it as well? No, no? Mm. you are. Yeah. Ollie is. There's mm. gore and blood, and yeah. chefs love that stuff. You yeah. know. <laughs> Mm. Yes, mm. they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I remember boning pigeons as, a, as an apprentice up at the loose box, and and you know, you'd put your hand in that the gut of that pigeon, and all of a sudden, you know, be warm and still beating. You know, oh. like do you remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you're 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 enjoying this conversation a little much. Oh no, no, I, I, I barely know you, and I'm backing away slowly. <laughs> I'm not. A, I don't work in an abattoir. It's okay. <laughs> all right. No. Yeah. Oh, now look, you do so many different things, and you're based in Northbridge in Perth. Yes, yeah, so I. I, I basically, I'm mobile, so I've got a yes. my refrigerator van arrives today. So yeah, so exciting. Uh, so tell exciting. us, tell us what you do. What's a what's a seafood ambassador do? I suppose I spruik seafood um, to all the boys and and sort of try to you know uh, get the underutilized species to them. Yes, you know? which would be what? Like mandarin mullet, um, okay. you know, uh, Australian salmon. This is a big big thing on our um, yes. on on our radar right now because it's there's been plenty. Are they the same as now? You know how fish are often called different things in different states. Mm. So. Because I love fishing, believe it or not, and mm. I'm bloody good at it. Mm. Just so, just in case you were wondering. Mm. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I've caught Australian salmon in Victoria. Is it the same one? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're, they're okay. national silver and sort of yeah, na- fish looking. So it looks like a like a, a Tasmanian salmon, but the the fle- small and the flesh is different. We get them. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, they're big over here. Okay, mine wasn't quite that big. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a sardine, was it? No. No, no. no, no. <laughs> It's it's quite fishy though. It's like yeah. it's very strong fish. Lots of oil, um, mm. lots of bloodline. So you've got to. It's more about handling it right. rather than cooking it because all these boys can cook. Yeah. So it's it's trying to get the message across how they how they actually handle the seafood. Ah. Because my father's a you know we've been up in Onslow for thirty five forty years, uh, fishing, and my brother's a fisherman. So we've been. It's all about that handling of of prawns and how you deal with them and handling the fish and how like how to, how best storage you know is kept. So to not get everything in filleted. Okay. That, that helps, you know. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. Hmm. Well, I would have thought that filleting it straight away would stop the fishiness or the 
would well, be better. You, you keep it on ice, so whole. Uh, but you know, fish on ice can last up for up to three weeks. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's just been caught, so you remember. Because I throw mine out after two days in the fridge. I'm mm. like, oh, I don't know, I don't trust it. Yeah, well, the home fridge is a little different to, to the, you know our cool rooms. You True. Know? And then we've, we keep it on ice in drainage, so holes in the bottom of the esky, mm. and and a good fresh fish will last three weeks. Gosh. Mm. Imagine that for, for restaurants to be able to yeah, have that luxury so to be able good. to to hold it and if it gets quiet, like at the moment. So, Pete, how long can fish last in the fridge? Well, uh, the home fridge is a little different to a restaurant fridge, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, with temperatures. But uh, on ice, if a, a fish has only just been pulled out of the water, mm-hmm. you can keep it on ice for three weeks, you know, and as long as it's well-drained and, and stored properly. I mean, Extraordinary. You don't want to keep it three weeks if you can help it. Yeah. But, but obviously, you know, when restaurants are a bit quiet at the moment, I, I say to the boys, well, you know, leave the, the, the fish whole and then fill it every day as you need it. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's a... What it's, about sashimi? You wouldn't sort of eat... Probably better on the on the earlier side of the you know three weeks, yeah, yeah or even the first week but but generally whole you you you'll be fine. And, and what about my home fridge? Home fridge, look, I'd probably you know that's a lot different. You know, it's a, another kettle of fish. I've, I now when I've it's got another little, kettle of fish, yeah, you're funny. <laughs> without even knowing it, you know, like a, um, but uh, you know, I think what happens is you at home I sort of. Uh, you put it to the back of the fridge, yeah. you know, in the coldest spot. Um, but you can't keep it on ice when you, no. you know what I mean. So that's the thing. That's the difference. So if I put it on a plate in my fridge with Glad Wrap over it, yeah, it'll sweat and you'll be gone within a day or two. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. <sighs> that's a bugger. That is mm. a bugger. Okay, now just moving on because yes. you've brought in some exciting treats. I noticed the other two have turned up empty-handed. Mm, well, but they did. Rely you on are me. my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got some beautiful ch- trust cherry tomatoes here. They look like. I mean, they look perfect, don't they? In winter, too. How is this possible? Well, in Perth, we have special soil, you know. But no, no, it's called a wonderful... Um, <laughs> a hothouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful um, a family out in uh, Wanneroo. They've been, they've been uh, growing for about 75 years out there. Gosh. Trandos family, and, and they've really asked... Uh, mastered the art of tomatoes and and i touched base with them end of last year and mm. that's how i met ollie and you know and i suppose i've dropped some tomatoes off at, at uh you know hadley as well and we've been it's wow been a, they're been delicious a, they are delicious mm. and, and the, would you believe it leaving them on the vine now mm. what happens is that the tomatoes will keep pulling the nutrients from the vine so they'll still get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as they go on so wow. so when you grab them you leave them on there and they keep getting better and better Oh, mm. wow. Passion fruit, they're from... I'm just going to keep... The passion moving. fruit look yeah. gorgeous too. Mm. They're from... They're seconds. So Are they? So they make it to landfill. Mm. No. Yes, would you believe it? That is an appalling waste. It, why, why? Why? Because there's no, there's no canneries. There's no one that... that, that um, you know, cleans the passion fruit pulp and, and, and stores it for when these boys need some fat passion fruit pulp out of season. But can't you, you know? just send send them buckets of these yeah. whole? But, but only, they're only available for a certain amount of time and, yeah. then, and then that's it, there's no more passion fruit. And I suppose that's seasonality and I do get that. But then couldn't you just send them, say, for example, to... Ollie and Hadley, or whoever, like this now, when you've got them, I'm and try- then, then they freeze it. I'm trying to get them to buy them now, but you know, I don't know what's going on. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, but that's, and that's the plan. I think that's for me. I hate wasting beautiful stuff. There's so much wastage in the in the fruit and veg industry. Gosh, the yeah. smell mm. is just pungent in the most glorious way from the outside. Like, I haven't even opened it. They're floral. They're, they're so floral and beautiful. Oh, they're so tasty. So. I just, is it sad and scary that I just instantly think of a cocktail? No, no. <laughs> I just have one smell. I'm like... Oh, I can think that that should go into a cocktail somehow. <laughs> I'm thinking curd. You know, that's the way I yes, see it. Yeah, yeah. That passion fruit curd, yep. you can't go wrong. But but, though, but normally, so the 
with a lot of the stuff that I've been sort of dealing with now, mm. a lot of it, especially the fruit, will end up in landfill. And it's just, it's a it's a sacrilege. And oh, I think to myself, you know, we, that, that's why I wear many hats because I'm, I, I suppose I'm out of the kitchen now. Yeah, yeah. I still do gigs here and there. Yes. But you get to a point and you see this stuff and you go, well, we've got to start to make some change. Yeah. And uh, and there needs to be some people that are, that, I suppose, the conduits for, for that change. And, and about I, second bite or places like that or food bank? Could you not? Yeah, but there's only so much tomatoes or yeah, so much, you know. Yeah, Yeah, that's mm. right. And, I mean, look, the, the farmers also, need, if they're all the way down in Manjimup, mm. how do they know to get that stuff up there? It costs them more to get up there. Mm. And speaking of Manjimup, mm. you know, so <laughs> there's another little... Manjimup seems to be the place of the day. Well, I'm going to swap... I mean, everyone keeps mentioning it. It's only because the Truffle Festival was on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, we've got that too in Victoria. Mm. It's just amazing. And what's in your special black box? Yeah, I'll just pass them over to, to smell. So, so Tony gets the first smell. Yeah. Now, these... Oh, hand it over. Mm. Okay, I'm lifting up the white for our listeners because they can't see. Of, of course, course, of course. I'm lifting up the white, um, exciting handy towel, and oh, <laughs> little nuggets of joy, I love aka those nuggets. <laughs> they're the best <laughs> truffles. Mm. And it's in a fantastic. Oh, I know. <laughs> they smell amazing. Now, oh my goodness. I know we're talking about Manjimup, but but these oh. truffles are actually from Pemberton, so they're. I mean, it is the only the next town along. Look um, how gorgeous that is. Yeah, that was my omelette this morning. Oh. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, beautiful. Mm, mm. Now, okay, I've got effectively each piece here is probably the size of, and they're kind of all different shapes and sizes, but, you know, they look like sort of gumball size, mm. like large gumball size roughly. How much would each of these babies be worth? Would you believe there's only 130 grams there, right. so out of the whole lot of them, and, and um, so you're mm. probably only looking at about, you know, 150 160 okay. you know, which is not too bad for a chef. I mean, yeah. you know, a chef normally takes 100 grams at a time. Yep. Um, some, you know, they're a bit more extravagant. So, mm. Uh, mm. And what's your favourite things to do with truffle, oh, look, you I, personally? I do love an omelette with a bit of truffle or scrambled eggs. I think it, it just works so well. Um, I'm so sorry. We could keep talking to you all oh. day because you're so interesting. Thank you. But um, unfortunately, we can't. It's, you've got someone even more interesting coming in, so it's fine, you know. So <laughs> I'm excited you know, to talk to him as and, well. But... And, and he's a good chef. So, you know, oh, apparently. You know, so, you know, he's an amazing chef. <laughs> Pete, thank you so much. This Pleasure. has been chatting to Pete Manifrest from um, see, who's the event ambassador and a produce seller and a chef and all kinds of amazing things like that. Mm. Uh, thanks for coming in, Pete. Thank you very much for You're having listening me. listening to Cheers. Macquarie Radio NTS, What's Cooking. Now it's My Shout with Nerida Conway. And welcome back to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. I'm joined in the studio here in Perth, one of my favourite cities in the whole world, uh, by Blair Hill, who is a consultant and a wine educator. Hi, Nerida. Hello. Welcome to Perth. Oh, can I tell you, I used to go to school in Perth. I did year 11 and 12. Well, you know how wonderful it is. I do. Particularly in summertime. I was devastated to leave. We had the best um, sort of three months, really. Uh, You know that period in your time where you finish year 12, you haven't quite started uni yet, and you've got three months to just basically drink a lot and have a great time. (laughs) Get and to rot nest. Yes, and some bizarre person let us house sit their fancy mansion in um, Cottesloe. Oh no way! A block back from the beach. Wow! So and you we went. Have... We shuttled between Rotnest and Cottesloe, and Cottesloe, and we lived the dream. You did. And then I was sad to come back to like, go to Melbourne and go to uni. <laughs> <laughs> you must miss the weather of uh, living in Melbourne. I sure do. Mind you, Melbourne's I, I love, a fantastic place for food, say, food and I wine. I love Melbourne. It's it's probably my favourite, most livable city. And I know that's very cheesy because that is the thing, the line. But I do love it. 
But it's just so beautiful to be here, and I can't believe the changes I've seen. It's enormous in in wine and in food. It's just it's just taken off. I think I think Perth is slowly catching up with mm. Melbourne and, and Sydney in terms of the food and wine scene, mm. and uh, certainly in terms of you know what I'm doing uh, with wine education. I think we've got a uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of there's a real there's a real pardon the pun, but a thirst mm. for, for, for knowledge mm. and not just in there the is. wine, but also the food side of it. And of course, the, the whole food and mm. wine thing that, you know, really when we're talking about wine, mm. you know, food is an essential part of it. Yes. And um, I'm looking at these beautiful uh, Wanneroo tomatoes in front of me and I'm I thinking, know. you know, what you could do with those and yes. uh, and what you could, you know, in terms of matching up with, with, with the, the wine, it's, yes. uh, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Well, um, can you please pick up that passion fruit that's in the box that um, that Pete Manifest brought in before? Have a smell. Yeah. How good are they? Oh, and they're beautiful. the rejects, apparently. I was going to say, cut that open and you just I get know, I know. Now, how we do might become... even be able to pick up a bit of passion fruit in this, uh, well, I in this first wine that I've brought in I today. I wondered, and I'm excited about tasting it. But before we do, I just need to understand, how do you become a wine educator? Look... Good question. I mean, I uh, I was originally a teacher, so I was a, oh. a school teacher for, for, for many years, for, for 11 years. What did years. you teach? Taught phys ed okay. and, and health education. Oh. So, um, and I suppose that certainly the teaching side of it mm. is something that I've, I've, I've always a had a passion. vocation, isn't it? It is, yes. and I'm still doing it. Yes. So I'm lucky that I, I'm still teaching, but teaching in, in the area of wine. Yeah, right. And, and teaching, obviously, adults about um, about wine. And how do and, you do that? Well, you've got look. You've got to lead them on a on a journey. But I'm saying, and what's your medium? In in terms of. Well, how do you get the word out there? Look, in, a lot of it's word of mouth. Okay. I mean, a lot of it is is word of mouth. I mean, the, the wine course that I'm running has been has been going for for about forty odd years. And can anyone so go? Anyone can go, and, mm-hmm. and look, and that's the thing about the course that I run. It's not we don't make it sort of snobby or, or oh. you know over the top. Because people might feel a bit intimidated. No, that's you, one and you, thing. And that's... you don't want that. No. Because I do think people do, some people still feel a little bit like they say, oh, they're a wine wanker or something. No, and no, you sort I, of and feel a bit that. like, you know, it's not like that. And it's and I think sometimes, um, you know, there's the social pressure. If you turn up with a bottle of a sort of a $10 wine to a dinner party, well, it's not okay. And, but, I, and and yet sometimes I've had some $10 wines that I have fantastic. thought amazing compared oh. to a $30 wine. I've thought, meh. Exactly, and yeah. the, the Riesling that I've bought today, yeah. uh, brought along today, you know, and that's a that's a good example. I mean, there are mm. some fantastic ten dollars Rieslings mm. that are just as good mm. as twenty dollars Chardonnay, yeah, for example. Right. So, you know, I mean, obviously different varietal, but um, there are some really good quality wines around. So you don't te- have to spend a fortune to, so in to drink your, well. In your course. How long does it go for and when does it run and how do people get onto it? Yeah, Just... so look, it's, it's a four-week course. Yep. We run it down at uh, North Fremantle, down at Old Bridge Cellars at North Gorgeous. Fremantle. Yeah, and um, it's it, it runs, you know, really, it's, it's an introduction to wine. So the mm. first week we, we learn about how to taste wine, yep. um, you know, smelling it and, and tasting it and what to look for yes. in terms of, you know, uh, fruit and and structure, mm-hmm. so things like acid and tannin mm-hmm. structure in wine, and um, and we look at a range of varieties over the course. Week two is white wines, yeah. so we focus in on the white wine and all the different white wine styles from not just from WA but mm-hmm. from around Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, week three we then follow on with reds. Yes. We do the same thing. We look a little bit about wine, talk about wine making, uh, what happens in the vineyard. 
and uh, and also the influence of oak, oh, um, the okay, influence yep. of oak on on wine, particularly red wine, because yes. most red wine mm. does undergo time in in oak barrel. So yeah, talking about oak and structure and the, and the and the and the change, and even looking at these two wines, you'll see what mm. what oak does to to red wine. Do you talk about the cement barrels? Yeah, look, mention those because they're they're, (laughs) they're making making a comeback. I know, but I can't wrap my head around it because cement-flavoured wine. No, but they're wax-lined. But even still, okay, wax-flavoured wine. (laughs) I want some French oak in it. I I just think, what? I don't know. It's so unromantic. No, I see a lot of it will start in these wax-lined concrete uh, fermenters. And then they'll they'll transfer it yeah. through to some oak. Look, the Europeans have been using them for hundreds of years and still do. I know. It just seems um, weird. I don't and know. And a lot of the natural winemakers, we're seeing a bit of this sort of natural wine being produced, and, yeah. and they're going back to these wax-lined uh, concrete fermenters. Yes. Now, before we get on to the wine, sorry to keep harping on, but we- I want our listeners to know about your course because I know that they're going to yep. flood to us and say, how do we find out about this man and how do we learn from him? So, so if, um, they, if they go to the website, which is? Wines of Western Australia, Okay, .com.au. And, um, so you obviously only focus on Western Australian wines? Well, look, there is – no, no, we don't. Okay. But, but it is – look, there's probably 60% Western Australian wine because, okay. you know, really it is – people are very parochial yes. over here, yes. as they are in South Australia. I know that they're very parochial, yeah. parochial about South Australian wines. Yeah. Um, but we do then – after we've done the four-week course, I didn't mention there's a food and wine Ooh, uh, nice. session week four. And we look at we uh, we have um, and matching. Stuff. We have mm. food and wine at Habitué Restaurant, which is literally across the road from wow, Old Bridge Cellars. So good. it works in really well. And and um, we, we they, they put on a fantastic spread of food. And we and we talk about what wine styles um, go with certain foods. And and that's a lot of fun. And, mm. it, and at the end of the day, it's a great way to finish the course because as I've already mentioned, it's all about the yes. food and the wine. And we look at some other regional wines in that in that session but mm. we also do other other varietals as well throughout the year and we look at Shiraz from you know Clare Valley and yes. um, from Victoria from Mornington and so on so we do look at other wines we look at some international wines as well okay well I've just picked tell me what you've bought in you bought some Riesling in so I've got a Poacher's Ridge uh, Riesling very pale in colour it is for very listeners. very pale from co- very pale in colour and mm-hmm. look the Great Southern uh, is really in terms of Riesling that is the region in WA we know also know that Clare Valley Eden Valley in South Australia yeah. produce some wonderful Rieslings um, and I of course really we know Tasmania Tasmania really... are really making a, a, a a, um, a real co- well, not comeback, but yeah. they're starting to come to the fore wow. in terms of producing a very good Riesling. Okay, because I haven't really heard much about Great Southern. No, well, look, you, you should because you should explore it because um, you know it, it's it's a it, Riesling needs a cool climate. Yes, and we're talking sort of. Denmark, Albany, Mount Barker, mm. and uh, that's where you need that cooler, that cooler region to mm. produce these wonderful aromatics. So with Riesling, it's things like uh, grapefruit, mm. lemon, lime, you know, lovely limey, limey characters. My mouth on the has nose. just exploded. And that then, is that is really, really delicious. Now that rude slurpy noise that you're hearing, from and that's Claire. what we, that's what we learn about in the course. <laughs> So we learn about how to taste. So okay, never do that with soup. Sucking a bit of air over the over the palate, <laughs> just accentuating those yes. those beautiful, um, intense citrus my flavors. Taste, yeah, my saliva and taste buds just literally went. Blah. They just it just exploded. Yeah. That is so flavor burst and but also light, like it doesn't sort of. 
it's not it's not it's not stunning my mouth so that it feels like it just has to sit there for a minute. No, and that's what riesling does. It's just this lovely, yeah. almost cleansing, mm. uh, refreshing uh, flavour. Mm. Um, just rich, you know, really just cleanses the palate. And uh, Blair, can I also say I like it at that temperature too? Because I would normally have riesling quite quite chilled, but I actually. I, th- I like it at that temperature because yeah. I can. I feel like I can taste more of oh, it. Oh, look, I think we drink our whites far too cold. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's one of the things, again, talk about in the wine course, yeah. um, how we, we drink our whites far too cold, yeah. straight out of the fridge, and you're dull. All those lovely aromatics and yes. flavours get dulled off. Yes. Um, and our reds often in summertime are, are served too, too warm. Blair, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have the details of your course on our website for our listeners. Oh, great. What's-cooking.com.au. And this has been Blair Hill chatting to me, who's a wine educator, about the beautiful Margaret River wines. I'm so excited. I want to get you back on if we can oh, to have an, another please, chat. Anytime. Thanks for joining us on What's Cooking. Thank you. Curly Questions with Nerida Conway and Chef Ian Curley. Hello and welcome back to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway and sitting beside me is Ian Curley, chef at European Kirk's Wine Bar, French Saloon, Melbourne Racing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it goes on and on yeah. and on. Ballarat yeah. goes on and on. Yeah. And soon Not to be London. Uh, yeah, I'm off to London. So that's it. So I'm very excited. So it's my three or four days left and oh, trying to get Lord. everything done and boxed off and try and get around to see everybody and you kind of, you know. And then, so that's that. So, yeah, all right, good. we can change the subject now. No, you going to London is so boring. Okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I've got a little bunch of questions here okay. that I'm going to ask you. Some of them have come in from, as I say, students okay. in hospitality, and some have come in from listeners who yeah. love food. Well, if they're students, they should keep at it. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if they're people who like food, come to my restaurant. Yes. There you go. That sounds good. Mm. Tell us about a curly problem you had with an employee <laughs> and how you handled it. The whole thing, <laughs> with, with cooking, you're always going to find issues with people mm. in, um, in your kitchen. Mm. So I always say that Give my us an job, example of Johnny. Let's uh, just call whoever it is Johnny. Oh, people walk out all the time during service and you've really? got to cover that. Oh, yeah. That's unbearable. That when it gets busy and... Do you, they do a slam down of the tea towel? Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. And uh, tea towel, pots and pans, <gasps> swipe really? everything off the bench, off they really? go. Yeah, that's always good uh, Like tant, full-blown tantrum. Yeah, I've thrown... I've thrown not you, a, an no, employee. No, I've thrown a tub of, not a little <laughs> container of oil and stuff out by fault, and that's gone all over the stove and ignited <gasps> the thing. Anyway, so that's... <laughs> That's a long. But the thing with if you think about thirty years, yeah. everybody has a tanty. I mean, I've been cooking now thirty years. I've never so, had one. I'm perfect. No, of course, I'm, of course you are. But then, uh, but and you get to work with people in a hot environment, which yeah. you, you don't justify it. But in the same and regard, the pressure. Yeah, my getting job, meals out. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So sometimes by saying "Could you please hurry up?" Mm. doesn't quite have the same effect as. Yep, another you really way of need asking. To c- hurry up yeah. right now. <laughs> I can just picture mm. you going up to one of your chefs who's plucking rocket slowly mm. and saying, could you please just yeah. hurry up? Yeah. Any chance you could uh, move along there, Johnny? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, for the most part, but they get it. And also, you, if you you want to be the chef that they want to be like you. So yeah. if you want, you say, right, come on, let's go. And that's all my job is to keep my, my crew up. Yes. So and giving them the tools to be able so to So you're their cheerleader. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> it's been a while since I'm I did the splits, you some... but you know what? Yes, <laughs> pom-poms. I'm going to buy yeah. you some pom-poms. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's one from a student. Right. Um, Jonathan from William Anglis. Tell me three things that you consider to be your strengths as an executive chef and uh, business owner. You've got to be able to lead your crew through. And also, you, you've, I believe that you, you shouldn't ask anybody to do it if you can't do it yourself. Mm. So I'm quite happy to sweep the floor. And, I'm and I've seen you, actually, not Yeah, that's right. But I've seen you very much putting together dishes yeah. yourself at the past. Yeah, I think you, you should be prepared to do whatever it is that you ask anybody else to do. Mm. You should also be be mindful of the crew that are around you. And, and that they some of them don't earn as much as you, which is fair enough. Mm. But they don't have the same accountability. And also, you want to be able to give people good career growth. So mm. there's no point in you taking on a head chef who's going to just stay in the same job for Forever. 10 years because you're just going to get bored and go, no, that's it. Mm. So you've got to keep challenging people. And that's really interesting because I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. They want to hire somebody as good as themselves, if not yeah. smarter in some areas, Absolutely. without being threatened. And I think that that's the sign of a true leader. I, I always love the, the, the comment, of, if you're the smartest guy in the room, go to another room. And I always like that because <laughs> I love you, it when too. you go around other people yeah. who are like successful chefs, you invariably learn off stuff. Yes. Like, like if I talk to Fergus or I'll talk to Paul Wilson, mm. you hear from them, you go, okay, I get that and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, my husband and I... Went from Perth, came from Perth and ate dinner at the European and had the most wonderful meal we've had in many, many years. Oh. The wine list blew our minds. Right. How involved, Ian, are you in the beverage aspect? Nothing. I, uh, I encourage <laughs> uh, anybody to go to the European for the simple fact that what they do is because we only serve European wine there, mm. it, it, it was a big, brave, risky move to just say, you know what, we're only going to serve European yes, wine I because so people, too. because they've got such a strong wine culture in Australia. And we have such great wines here and too. And that's it. And so what happens is people automatically put offside. So we're always fighting from behind with those guys. So yes. what happens is, but we train our sommeliers and our wine people so well that they'll invariably get you a better wine, if not cheaper. Right. than the Aussie equivalent. And I think that's a true testament to a really good wine service team that they put you on side all the time. Do you taste them, though? Because yeah, I have yeah, seen you one. in there tasting them, yeah, going, yeah. yeah, yeah, this one's good. Yeah. I, I, I sit down and eat in my restaurant once a week, mm. in both of my restaurants. And, then I, and, work and do you order invariably. different things? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, even the stuff that I – you can't serve anything if you, don't, you wouldn't yeah. eat it because you'll just go, oh, well, you know, that's not – you know, mm. that's good. you've got to do that. Mm. So for me, it's um, important to eat in your restaurant. I mean, I know that Gordon Ramsay says he doesn't, but well, I why like not? to. Mm. Well, I don't know. He, he just says that people don't want to see him eating in there. Well, I, I think it's wrong for the simple fact. If I taste something and go, yeah, that doesn't seem right, quite right to me. Mm. Or the way the, that flows from the kitchen or it's too big on the plate, you kind of go, that's it. Mm. A lot of people actually don't even go into the restaurants and eat entree main and dessert or whatever mm. and think, yeah, well, it's way too big. You can't mm. you waddle out afterwards. Yes. And uh, you kind of, I think you, sh- you, I think you should. Mm. And also, you have, um, you know, I mean, I've seen Simone in there, your wife, mm. in there before, and um, you know, so I guess you'd be getting feedback all the time from oh, yeah. people like that. Yeah, she doesn't mind telling me what she thinks. Yeah, <laughs> nor do I. Yeah. Poor man. No. <laughs> I've got three daughters. They, they tell me what they think all the time. Mm. How involved are you in your role in 
executing labour costs and also costs overall. Yeah, I know all the costs. But also in the same regard, you've also got to be top-line driven as opposed to bottom-line driven. Mm. So people look at the bottom line and go... I would have thought it was the oh, other way around. We, we are. We're mm. top-line driven. Mm. So we don't... Know, I, would, I would not be able to look on in my bank account and tell you how much I've got in my bank account. Mm. And also what the business... Well, pretty much when the businesses are taken, I'll say, how did we go last week? And they mm. might say, we took this much. I'll say, mm. okay. I've got a b- ballpark figure. But I wouldn't look at it and say, we need at least $60,000 or $6,000. We need to get cheaper, cheaper no, meat. No, that's not what I do. No, mm. no. It's all about quality and then having enough staff on when the customers come in to, to be able to serve them. Mm. Okay. Right. Um do you take your fr- well? You sort of answered this one before, but do you take your friends socially to dinner at your restaurant yes. or any other restaurant? No, that's important that they come to your place so you, they get to see what you're going to do. Because in my industry, I don't get to catch up with the people I love enough. Yeah, well, that's true. So if I was going to have dinner, for example, with you or Maddie or whatever, so I can't let's have dinner at the European. So it kills two birds with one stone. You get to yes. see me, and I get to see you and Except my Except I will say this. You're not always that relaxed <laughs> when I see you at your restaurant because no, you're working. It, it's different because you're, you're in your place of work, and it's kind of you see things and you see the waiters or you see the, the wine service. Yeah, or you've see got the your food eyes at the back go, of your head. But that's the difference between a good restaurant. That's like the Europeans have been there 20 years, mm. and it's got, the food now is, is better than it's ever been mm. because of my head chef, Peter. And I'm just incredibly proud of the fact that it keeps on ticking along. Yeah, it is know? amazing. And good stuff. That's and um, I'm going to paint a little scenario for you. You're okay. on your way home tonight. Right. You don't have to work. Right. And you've got to be home. And Simone's called and said, oh, there's no food in the house. I haven't been shopping. Can right. you please just bring home some dinner? Right. For everyone? Okay. What, do, what are you going to bring home? A Japanese takeaway. Yes. Yeah. What though? Uh, salmon rolls, but tuna rolls or something. Very clean, simple. Mm, sashimi. You know, sashimi, a bit of that. So we can just mm. sit down, bottle of wine, just catch up and chat. And well, don't let that. the kids drink too much. They're too young. Oh, no, they'll be okay. <laughs> no, no. So, so I should scrub that in case somebody <laughs> writes in. But no, no, they can't. No. But also, my, my eldest, she'll smell the wine and she'll go, oh, that smells, uh, you know, creamy and buttery. And I'm looking at her and, and it's, obviously she's been tipped off to what it's supposed to smell creamy. like. I'm like, how dare you? She's so old. Yeah, eight. She's yes. eight. I'm like, what? How dare you? Great yeah. buttery. But uh, it's funny. But we, we, I don't drink around the kids at all. Yeah. No, I don't open the bottle of wine until they've gone to bed. Yeah, right. You know? But when I do open it, I like to finish it. So, so <laughs> That's uh, right. That's a bit of self-regulation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a waste to just leave it sitting there. It goes off. Yeah. You can't cook with it. No. Wow. <laughs> All right, so you're heading to London. Yep. You speak on the phone? Very jealous. I'm going to ring you. Okay. We're going to ring you in London, and I'm going to ring at random times. You better take my call. Don't scream. I will be up. Because our listeners want to know what you're getting up to in London. You'll hear it. I'm catching up with Fergus Henderson, so it's going to be great. Yes. Yes. How is he doing? He's doing very well. I'm bringing him back in November as well, so it's going to be good as well. good. Good. Is he still cooking at all? Uh, No, no. No, he's good. But he's writing. Yeah, he's writing. Awesome. So his his ideas and things are still getting translated. Yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Awesome. Excellent. All right. See you in four weeks. Bon voyage, as they say. (laughs) Have a wonderful trip. All right. Thanks for listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS.